Hey, everybody. Welcome in to the Sons of Saturday podcast. We just wrapped up a phenomenal interview with Macho Harris. I could not be more appreciative of his time and his storytelling. I I think, uh, Grayson, you could attest to this. The storytelling was fantastic from Macho on the episode. So we got a great one lined up for you all here today. Um, Before we jump into it, got to give a macho-sized shout-out to our friends at the Main Street Pharmacy, Dr. Lord Jeremy Counts, our favorite pharmacist in all of Virginia. We'll greet you with a smile when you walk into the pharmacy on Main Street. Head on in there. If you need any type of prescriptions filled, if you need any type of vaccination, if you are looking to buy some Sons of Saturday swag, whether it's a flag or a t-shirt, we're going to have koozies there soon. Uh, They might have some buttons left over from the ACC tournament victory uh, for basketball. Head on down to Dr. Jeremy at the Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg, Virginia, because at the Main Street Pharmacy, Grayson, what are you not and what are you? You are a neighbor. You are not a number of the Main, Main Street Pharmacy Blacksburg. That's right. Don't go to CVS. Don't do it. It'll rile Dr. Counts up. You don't want those kind of problems. You don't want those kind of problems. Head on down to Main Street Farm. Tell Dr. Jeremy we said hello. And they also have Mrs. Pac-Man there and, uh, and other good stuff that you can get that you can't get at any other pharmacy head on down there. Uh, but yeah, that's the end of the pre-roll unless you got any special announcements, Grayson. I think uh, everyone's going to love this one. I was, you just took the words out of my mouth. Y'all are going to love this. Macho Harris. Everybody, it is six o'clock PM here on the East Coast, and we have a incredibly special guest for you all here uh, this evening. I'm on the East Coast. This is Pat Finn, actually in New Jersey right now. We got Grayson Wimbish out on the West Coast in sunny Los Angeles, and we are welcoming a Virginia Tech legend who is on, I think, Mountain Time right now. I think I, I, I was doing some Wikipedia on uh, on Saskatchewan. I saw that sometimes it's in Central Time, sometimes it's in Mountain Time. Might need to double click into that a little bit. But we are joined by Macho Harris. Macho, how are you doing this afternoon? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good, man. Life is good. I can't complain. Love it. Thank you for uh, for joining the Sons of Saturday. So. If you're a new Hokie fan or, you know, new, I guess Macho was here in uh, 2007, 2008, like that era of Hokie football. Um, Macho is a Hokie legend, former all ACC cornerback, uh, was part of those ACC championship teams uh, in 2007 and 2008. He had 15 interceptions and five touchdowns uh, in his career here. We have a handful of Macho memories, including uh, the 2006 Cincinnati touchdown, the ECU touchdown, the kick return touchdown versus Clemson. Grayson's going to talk about that Clemson game. And uh, Macho also played on both sides of the ball. 
in 07 and 08. Uh, but Grayson, I'm going to kick it over to you. I know you have a few questions and then uh, I'll jump in with mine right after. So I'll pass it over to G here. Absolutely. First of all, Macho, welcome. Uh, welcome to the podcast, man. It's a, it's an honor. Um, but let's take it all the way back to the beginning, man. You were the number one player in the Commonwealth of Virginia coming out of high school in 2005. You were also a U.S. Army All-American who was, like Pat said, widely known to be dangerous on both sides of the ball. You know, long story short, why did you choose Blacksburg? Why did you choose Virginia Tech? Oh, uh, man. Uh, it's – to be honest with you, uh, Virginia Tech was probably like one of my first camps that I ever joined uh, back when I was – Ended my freshman year in high school, going into my sophomore year. Uh, Virginia, like I said, Virginia Tech was my first camp that I ever, I ever attended, and I just remember just the feeling that I had there. It was like I felt, I felt comfortable from the jump, you know. And then meeting the coaches, and you know, I performed pretty well during the camp. Um, Coach Beamer had had to sit down and talk with Coach Beamer then, and he pretty much told me that you know he he kind of liked what he saw and. You know, sometime in the future, he he probably is gonna he's probably gonna reach out to me to you know offer me a scholarship or whatnot. And then just over the time, over time, I just <clears throat> like every time I come to visit on an unofficial visit, it was just it just felt like home, you know. And and uh, uh, my senior year when my mother passed away, uh, it was one of those things where I don't know, it was uh, it's, it it kind of felt. I felt like that was probably like the best decision. And um, a few days, let me rewind it a little bit, but a few days before that, like a lot of people know that my house caught on fire and coach Beamer was actually there at, uh, for a home visit. And uh, I got, I got burned and he ended up coming to the hospital with me. And if you know, coach Beamer's history, he, he as well got burned when he was younger too. So it was kind of like one of those things where it was confirmation, you know, it was just everything lining up towards Virginia Tech. You know, I could have went anywhere in the country, but like I said, it, that was one place where I felt I felt like it was home for me. And I mean, it was easy for me to make that decision. So you get to campus and you became almost immediately an integral part of Bud Foster's defense very quickly. Uh, and in 2006, you were part of the number one overall ranked defense. Looking back, what was it like to learn from a man who is widely regarded as one of the greatest college football defensive coordinators of all time? Oh, man. I mean, it's, a, it's an honor to be, you know, for him to coach me, you know, and to be under his wing for four years or whatnot. Um, you know, he, he just, he's one of those guys, man, where, how can I explain? Like, you know, he has his product on the field, his defense on the field. And if you watch us play, that was part of a, that was just part of his leadership. You know, what he brought to the table, he was, he was relentless. He was tenacious. He wanted, you know, he, he was a perfectionist and he just wanted, he wanted us to understand the game of football, but play it, but play it hard, you know, and, you know, just to, like I said, just to be coached under him. And I, I learned so many life lessons and not only that, but like, you know, the transition from, cause I played, I played in high school. I played, I played uh, safety and running back. So when I came to college, it was playing cornerback. So it was challenging to try to get his approval, you know, uh, to be like one of those players because, you know, being a high prospect, 
coming out of high school, whatnot, you know, the coaches don't really care. And for sure, coach, uh, co- coach didn't care at all. You know, uh, he was just one of those, one of those players where it's like, show me, come, come and show me that you could play ball, you know? And, and that's what it was. So like I said, at, at first it was kind of challenging because it was kind of like, it wasn't that I was intimidated, but it was like, all right, Bud Foster, he's, you know, he's, this is the real deal. You know, I, I want to do whatever I can to try to impress him, to show him that I belong on the field, you know, and, you know, in due time, you know, I was able to do that. So, but like I said, to have a guy like that coaching me and learning from him. And, you know, if I was to take my coaching, if I, if I wanted to, to take the, the coaching route or whatever, I would make sure that, you know, I'll take his blueprint because he, he had great defenses along the way. He had, he, he, he projected out great, great football players in the league and all over. So, you know, I mean, Coach Foster, I mean, if you know him, you know he's a real deal. Absolutely. He's got his he's got his banner up there at Lane Stadium now with the lunch pail. Oh, yeah. So he, he deserves Absolutely. it. He deserves it. Absolutely. Well, with that in mind, you know, we, we talk about Bud Foster's relentless defense, the, the damn near perfectionist. A lot of Hokies remember October 6, 2007. We go down to Death Valley. Tensions are high. We play the Clemson Tigers. And that, in my opinion, and I'm sure you and Pat would agree, was probably one of the greatest Bud Foster defensive performances of all time. Uh, and you were a big piece of that. Uh, I'll never forget Vince Hall tipped that pass. You come in out of nowhere. The cameras are shaking, trying to find you, and you pick it off. It goes the other way. If my memory serves me correctly, it sets up a touchdown. Obviously, you have a field day on special teams, the 100-yard kickoff return. And then I'll just never forget, it was like right out of the gate, you just pop Jacoby Ford like a zit. <laughs> you were, it just kind of set the tone. It's like we're going to be on you guys all day. Uh, so my, my question is, what was the mentality in the locker room prior to that game? And were you guys kind of cognizant of the fact like, oh, it's it's going to be an ass whip and we're just going to go out there and handle business? No, I mean, no, to be honest with you, I think, yeah, the year before that, that's when they had uh, CJ Spiller and uh, James Davis. So they those backs were, were, were really, really, really good. And uh, the year before they came to our house and we got after them pretty well. But the fact that, we was going down to Clemson. That was like the first time in a while uh, the Hokies went down there whatnot. And I mean, all I remember just the guys talking about Death Valley, Death Valley, Death Valley, this place be rocking, you know. And by the time, you know, during practice, practice was practice. But like, I want to say like maybe like two days before it was like, I don't know. We had like laser line focus. It was it was some, something undescribable. I mean, we were, it was like no laughs, no nothing. Like, yeah, we had a good time. We enjoyed ourselves, you know, the two days prior to that. But it was more, it was just, we were like really on a business trip. And we went, we wanted to go down there to, to set the tone and prove a point, you know. And, you know, Bud Foster, he just, he focused that, he focused on that all, all through the week. He was like, look, if you let these boys, if you let these boys get an inch, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna take it and run a mile with it. And we in our minds, we we just had the mindset already that we just wanted to shut them out. We just when well, I shut them out, but shut them down. And we just wanted to just take the game from the start and and pretty much and that's what we did, man. It was just it was that game was that game was probably like one of the funnest games we ever played. And I mean, it was 
we were flying around. We wore that all white. So we were flying around and then and it was it was it was beautiful because like most most stadiums that's like that, you know, that they have a large crowd and they they you know they're active or not, you know, just to go out there and quiet the crowd. Oh, that was <laughs> that was beautiful, man. But yeah, it was prior to that, man, we was just we were just extremely, extremely focused. We we were on a mission and you could see it in our eyes, you know. I remember, I remember just watching on TV. They would just show their fans and just how depressed and demoralized they were. <laughs> the second DJ Parker housed that pick six, yeah. it was yeah. like, uh oh, yeah. this this is going to be a long game. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's that's just awesome, man. I, I just remember that game so well, as do many Hokies. So, um, you know, after that season, uh, you had initially declared for the NFL draft. Uh, after the loss to Kansas uh, in the Orange Bowl, and then you decide to come back. And you, you know, I was I was talking to Pat before we press record today. I guess after that season, what was it kind of like to see? Uh, you know, Chris Ellis is leaving, and then Carlton Powell's leaving, and Vince Hall and Xavier DB and all these guys that Brandon Flowers decided to go pro, and all these guys that you came up with. It's kind of like you go into the next season. It's like, okay, what's our identity going to be on defense? What made you decide to to stay in Blacksburg for that for that senior year? Oh man, uh, like Brandon Flowers, for example. Like, I mean, that was my brother. Well, that's my brother. Like, and we were um, arguably the two best corners in the country. Like for 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 probably two years in a row. And I remember just you know we we were having talks and. And he used to say, yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to leave this year. I think I'm going to leave this year. And, and I always said, you know, if you leave, I'm going to leave. You know, it was one of those things, like you said, like I came in with most of these guys and it was like, oh, man, everybody's leaving or whatever. You know, so but I think it was um, I don't know. I had I, it was one night. It was the night before that I can I had to well, it was the last day of like pretty much like if you wanted to if you wanted to if you wanted to go. You can go, or if you're going to stay, this is your last day to announce that you're going to stay in school. And I remember the night before, it was one of those things that was on in my heart. It was like, man, I love Virginia Tech. You know, I, you know, I, I, I don't think I'm ready to, you know, leave those memories or whatnot. So what I did was I prayed on it. I prayed on it, and um, I wrote a letter. Well, I wrote a note on one side of the piece of paper. It says, stay at school as a Hokie. And then on the other side, on the other side of the piece of paper, it says, uh leave for the NFL. And I remember I prayed and I just threw it in my bed somewhere, like under the sheets. And I threw it in my bed and I said, when when I wake up, whatever side it's laying on, that's what I'm that's what I'm gonna do. And sure enough, it, it was saying stay, stay, stay as a hokey. And I remember calling Coach Bimmer that day, that day, and I was like, Coach, I'm coming back to school. And he was like, Really? He he was just he was ecstatic, man. He was I'll never forget that conversation. He was so excited and and I was excited too. You know, I just I just wanted to come back and I don't know, I guess leave a mark that, you know, like I don't know, it was just it was just it was it was just a special moment, you know. And I know I just felt like I had some unfinished business too as well that at school, you know, to to gain, because like you said, that loss against Kansas in the bowl in the Orange Bowl game that would that left, that left a bad taste for a lot of guys. And you know, I just I just wanted to give Coach Beam his second BCS you know championship game. So I came back and we got it done. So my my last 
uh, question for you, Macho, is you run it back for one more year. You get another ACC championship. You beat UVA one last time. And then you go down to Miami again and you win the Orange Bowl against Cincinnati. What did getting that Orange Bowl win mean to you? Oh, it was it was icing on the cake, man. You know, it was just it that that season, that season, it was a I felt like, you know, being being a veteran, I felt like it was it was a lot of weight on my shoulders, you know, coming back to school. And it was a thing where, you know, the Hokies, we we were just for years and years, we were just on the incline, continue to get better and better and better. And it was one of those years where, man, like it it started off good. Then we ran across a few bumps. We took a few losses. And I never forget that it was a game versus uh, Florida State. Um, like it was a it was a good game. It was a really good game. Uh, I ended up giving up. I ended up giving up a deep ball late in the game to you know to well to help uh, Florida State seal the game. And I remember going back in the locker room, man, and I was just like. I told the I talked to the whole team. I said, "Look, I said that's on me. I said from here on out, we're not winning, we're not losing no more games from here on out." And it was it was crunch time because it was one of those times where it was like, okay, if the Hokies lose again, they out of it, you know. And it was it was still like we were still borderline because we still had to wait, like we had to depend on other teams, like you know, like Coach Foster always say, controlling your old destiny, you know. And it was like we had to we had to still wait a few, few games to see who won, who lost, but all we could do is control our, control our car. And that's what we did. We went out and won, you know, won out. And then we was able to go to the ACC championship game, played at Tampa Bay uh, versus uh, uh, Boston College. And then, shoot, we, we met Cincinnati in the Orange Bowl in Miami. And it was, you know, getting that game done, man. I Even before that game, man, I remember going to Coach Beamer, you know, and, at that time, like, you know, team uniforms was was a big deal. You know, like Lester, Lester, he was our equipment manager. He was very, very particular on, you know, on certain things that we could wear out there, you know, and having white shoes was a no-go, you know. And I remember, I remember Coach Beamer, like the guys leaving out, and I talked to Coach Beamer. I said, Coach Beamer, man, let me win this. Let me let me wear these shoes, man. It was white cleats. If y'all could, if y'all look at the film, y'all see I'm the only one with white cleats on on the team. And I remember I, I, just, I was asking Coach Bill, I said, man, can you please let me wear this? I was like, is it okay? Is it okay? He said, he looked at me and said, can you promise me a win? I said, Coach, I promise you we're going to win this game. And then he <laughs> looked at me and said, go ahead. He said, go ahead and wear it. And sure enough, man, we went out there, man. We played lights out, man. Like the first drive, man, the first drive, it was, it was, it was kind of scary, though, because it was like Cincinnati came. It was a... Uh, there was a no huddle, no huddle offense. They was they marched down, they marched down the field with ease the first drive. So I was like, uh oh, like <laughs> what what did I do? You know, and then, you know, all of a sudden we just, you know, Bud Foster, he just he's a mastermind. He figured it out. He made some adjustments. We we did what we was supposed to do and we came out with the victory. So that was like the like I said, that was the icing on the cake of my career, man. Just leaving out, leaving Virginia Tech. Knowing that I got that, I helped contribute to um, uh, to Coach Coach Beamer getting his, you know, getting another uh, uh, BCS championship game, and I mean, yeah, it that like I said, that that just and that ended that ended so nice for my college career, man, and and I, I walked away as a proud Hokie after that for sure. 
I can proudly say that I was at that game. I got to see it in person with my dad and my brothers. And uh, and I'll never forget the goal line stand. Uh, it was like fourth in, I, I guess, fourth and one. Yeah. And it was right in the end zone that we were sitting in. And Bud Foster, you know, Brian Kelly wanted to play games. And, and yeah. Bud Foster said, nope. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that. Yeah, that was a special moment, man. That was we went. Oh yeah, that was a special moment, man. Just to get that stop, man. We was, it was nuts, man. I can't even describe that feeling, man. Like just bringing it back now, I'm like, ooh, like, dang, I forgot that feeling, you know. But yeah, man, like <laughs> we 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 pulled it together, Coach Foster. You know, even the offense, the offense did a good job too, as well, putting up some points to keep us ahead, and you know, we got the win. I want to say it was Barquell Rivers who was kind of the guy who uh, who clogged yep. the line there. Yep, I think he was wearing number 52, Grayson. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you're yep. right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yep. I think you're right. Yep. He, was, was... He, was, he was one of those quiet studs, man, where, you know, he wasn't a big-name guy, but, man, can he play football? Like, you know, just like a guy like Cody Grimm. Cody Grimm was uh, – he wasn't, like, a big-name guy, like, you know, flashy or, you know, scoring touchdowns here and there. But, like, I, I tell guys to this day, Cody Graham was probably Cody Graham is in my books, in my books that I ever football players that I ever played with. He's a, he's in top five player that I ever played against. That guy can play football. And he was he was sneaky fast too. He was extremely fast, man. Like, like just uh just bringing it back. I remember one day when we was on campus, man. I, I never knew that he had this much speed. I remember uh we was playing, I can't remember what we was what we was doing on campus, but we was in the dormitories and we was messing around one night and I think we was playing like it was something like tag or something like that I can't remember but man Cody Grimm closed the gap on me so quick one time I was like I was like hold on I gotta reevaluate myself am, am I slow like you know but like he was just one of those guys man he was just a pure football player and like I said to this day like he's still he's still the top five one of the top five best football players I ever played with smart extinctive uh very athletic and he was he was tough, like tough, tough. So, yeah, but yeah, Barquel Rivers, he was definitely one of those guys, man. He was he was sneaky good, man. He he came through in clutch time and made that play, man. And freak, yeah, we got the win because behind that, for real, that was that was a huge play. And you're right, yeah, I remember they went down the field on that first drive. That was a talented team. Tony Pike was a good oh, yeah. quarterback. They had that Marty yeah. Gilliard guy, Connor Barwin yeah. on the defense. I think he had yep. a pretty, I think he had a pretty good NFL career. Um, but you know, you guys, Tyrod had the, uh, you had the, you had the interception, or Cam had the interception, or it was like the tip. Yeah. So yeah, it was. Uh, so that yeah, they had another. I can't remember the other wide receiver name, but he was. He, I think he needed. I can't remember how many yards exactly he needed to break. I think it was a school record or something like that. So, you know, that was a that was a huge challenge. And he was lined up on my side for the majority of the time to the boundary. But it was just one play. Yeah, I was I was pressing him and he took it deep. They threw the deep ball and, you know, I pretty much played through his hands. I tipped the ball up and Cam Chancellor came with the toe tap along the sideline for the interception. Yeah, man, we we were flying around, man. We was having a good time, man. We were flying around. They reviewed that play for so long. Oh, I yeah. will never oh, forget yeah. that. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, they did. And that was yeah, that was shoot, that was before that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what they yeah they did. I, now that you said that, it was a while. Like I remember waiting in the huddle, just like 
man, I was I remember asking Cam, I was like, you got that for sure? And he was like, Yeah, I got yeah, that. Yeah, I got yeah. that. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, all right, cool. We good then, you know. And then, you know, they showing up, came out and said, Yeah, Pokey Ball. Oh man, that that's too funny. So, you know, kind of um going back in the time machine, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the 2007 season as well, you know, the Boston college loss last minute in Blacksburg on Thursday night. And then everyone, if they were a hooky fan at that time, they remember macho comes out and says a minor setback for a major comeback. You know, you stuck your flag in the ground and you said, guys, you know, we are winning football games from here on out. Um, Mm -hmm. Talk to us about how, how important that 2007 season was and how important that game was, you know, for the trajectory, um, you know, of that championship team in Blacksburg. Oh man, that's that team, that, that Blacksburg, I mean, that 07 team, we were special, man. We were, yeah, we were special. That 06 team was special too. Uh, but that the 07 was more like, um, you know, guys, been around been around each other long enough now we understand where we were going to be and it was just one of those things where like like confidence we we had tremendous confidence it was it was indescribable the type of confidence that we had once we looked once we wore, wore that uniform and we stood by beside each other we looked at side by side and it was one thing that it was like i ain't i don't have nothing to worry about you know i know he got my back and that's what it was but yeah that game man against uh Matt Ryan, man, he, he he was those guys. I think I can't remember what their record was, but they were hot too. And you know, we came out hot that game. Uh, it was raining, I believe, right? I think yeah, it was raining. Oh yeah, and and it was just it was we came out hot. I'm talking about hot, hot. And I think it was just it was just a thing where um, I don't want to say that we got like cocky, but it was we just didn't finish as like we were supposed to, you know. Even that last touchdown pass that Matt Ryan threw, like that was on me. That was that was uh that was a one of the receivers. He he ran a post corner and it was great coverage, but it was just a great throw and great catch, you know. And it was just one of those things that it kind of humbled us, you know. And it was like, all right, guys, like you know, this is this is the time. Like we can't we can't let things like this happen again. We can't have the game for four quarter for three quarters and then give it up at the end, you know. We not like that. We way better than that. And yeah, and that and you know, the guys, we I mean, we were brothers, man. It was just like if we had a if it was some type of minor misunderstanding or something like that, man, it was just it was nothing for us to fix because like I said, we were brothers. That's that's that was the just the hokey, the hokey brotherhood, man. That's what Coach Beamer, Coach Bud Foster, all those guys, that's what they created there in that program and 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 we lived by it. So, I mean, once after that game, man, it was it was just lights out, man. We, yeah, we went on a run. We went on a run, and shoot, we ended up playing BC again on in the ACC championship game. And we knew once again we had that we had that that business mentality. We were just, I don't know, man. It like I can't even explain that type of the type of feeling and like you know just having a, a group of guys of. I don't know how many, like 50 guys, 50 guys is traveling, but there's everybody on the same page. Everybody know what we're thinking and everybody just go out and execute what we coach to do. And that's just a great feeling, man. Like I never experienced nothing like that, you know, in my professional career at all. You know, so just experiencing that during my collegiate level, it was just, 
it was just it, it was special, man. Because like I said, like if I wanted to, if I wanted to go on coaching and stuff like that, I know how I would wanna, how I would wanna make my team, you know. So, but yeah, like I said, we went, we end up winning that ACC championship game versus them, and yeah, I mean, we got after them. We got after them. You know, I think uh, a lot of Hokies will tell you that that 2007 team they were different, you know, and they were one of the most important teams to ever uh, to ever come through Blacksburg. Um, you know, we've been talking about some Virginia guys, Cody Grimm, Macho Harris, Cam Chancellor. You know, now that we are in a new era, we have Coach Pry uh, coaching his first season this year, and we have a couple commits coming in from Highland Springs. You are a Highland Springs guy, um, and we're trying to get that pipeline up and running again. You know, what are your thoughts on, on just Highland Springs in general? I don't know how much you keep up with Highland Springs and the Springers program, but um, would love to know if you have any thoughts on getting more guys from your high school to Virginia Tech. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, you know, I, I, I haven't, I haven't like, since I've been out here, like I haven't, I haven't really been back home like that, you know, but I know, well, one of my cousins, uh, Kai Heath, he's, uh, he, he, uh, he committed to Virginia Tech recently. And I mean, that kid is a, that kid is an unbelievable athlete. Like, He's he's one of the guys, man. Like I, I told his father, man. I told his father he, he has the he has the potential. He has the he has the athletic athleticism. He has all the potential, all the tools that he has, like that he got that, that to for him to succeed in the next level. And he reminds me a lot like me, where like just one of those players that can do it all. You know, just you know, run, catch, you know, and and it all looks effortlessly you know like he plays db plays cornerback he plays wide receiver and like he just got that that dog mentality you know and i just i told his dad man like he's he's one of the guys he's a he i want him to i want him to like experience and and succeed on the things that i didn't do you know so that's why you know we talk we talk here and then just trying to trying to get him to understand like all right you know you're going to virginia tech man like and you know, this is this is certain things to look forward to. You know, like the world is in your hands. Like he could be anything he wanted to be. He's just a he's just a great athlete. But yeah, like you said, man, like Holly Springs, man, like those guys, those they've been projecting tremendous, tremendous athletes over the years, man. And just to hear a few guys is committed to Virginia Tech now is it's I mean, it just it just brings me back home. You know, it brings me back old memories and you know how those guys leaving that school their high school just to go to Virginia Tech and that like I said that brought me back memories so it's a good thing man just to see you know the Springers becoming Hokies you know and I love that you know I love to see that gotta keep that pipeline going so uh (laughs) we're gonna jump into rapid fire here um so gonna ask you a question and shout out whatever pops in your head first here (laughs) Favorite spot in downtown Blacksburg for late night food? Yeah. Oh man, I would have to say, um, man, I would have to say, uh, what's the what's that sub that sub that sub plays uh, John Johns or something like that? Jimmy, I can't remember. Yeah, Jimmy, John's? Jimmy Johns. Jimmy, 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 Jimmy Johns. Johns. <laughs> Jimmy Johns. Yeah, late night, late night after you know after partying or whatever celebrating jimmy johns was one of the one of the key spots right there where you know they had subs and oh man it was i think that that i would have to say that 
I, I, uh, I am definitely on board with that. I go to, the, I go to the Jimmy John's <laughs> under tots, uh, quite frequently. All right. Exactly, so you're talking exactly. about, you were talking about the party. Where was the party at when you were in Virginia Tech? Where uh, was it? Tots? Was it Big Al's? You know, where would you guys go out after a big win? Uh, after big win, it was uh, it was kind of all over, man. To be honest, um, the main spot was uh, I believe it was Big Al's though. That was pretty much the main spot. And Tots, oh yeah, like I said, those two those two spots were like after big win. That's where we were at. You know, we. You know, we celebrated as a team that the whole team were there. <laughs> what was your favorite Virginia Tech athletics moment as a spectator? So in any game that you did not play in, might have been a different sport, might have been before you were on the football team, but what was your favorite athletics moment uh, that you were watching on TV or in the stands? Oh, I have to say probably when uh, back in 04, yeah, back in 04, when I was a senior senior at high school, um, when Virginia Tech went down there to win the ACC championship in Miami, I think that was that was that was special, you know, just because it was one of those things where you know I was leaning towards Tech and and just to see those guys and you know Mike Vick Mike Vick put us on the map, you know, for like everybody know that Mike Vick put us on the map, and it was just like one of those things where. You know, Virginia Tech was, you know, high and low out throughout the years. And then all of a sudden they get in the ACC and they make noise, you know. So winning that ACC championship game was that was a special memory for me. Favorite away environment, favorite place to play that wasn't Lane Stadium. Oh, man. Uh, even though we played them once. Uh, I would have to say Death Valley LSU. LSU was LSU was that place was rocking like you know you know Hokie Stadium Hokie Stadium like we get a lot we get loud in there too but it was something about I, I I can't remember how many how many how many seats they hold but it was it was I think it's like maybe 10 20,000 more than than Lane Stadium and man I remember going in there man and <laughs> That place got loud, you know, and, you know, we just wanted to go in there. And I, I don't know what happened that day, but they got after us or whatever. But, like, you know, they that stadium, man, that they, their fans was behind them. And that was the same year they won the national championship, national championship, too. So, you know, that was a that was a that was that was atmosphere to see right there. Most memorable Lane Stadium moment. Um. I would have to say, yeah, I would have to say probably that 2000, what, 2006? Yeah, 2006 when we played against Cincinnati. Um, that game that, uh, yeah, the game that I, I had the pick six and then the next drive, I had another interception to seal the game. That was a close game. That was a close game. And it was, I believe that was the day of my mother's birthday or the day after my mother's birthday or something like that. And it was just one of those things where, I don't know, man, it was, I don't know. It was just one of those things where, like, that that game kind of, like, put me on the map. You know, it was like, okay, like, a star, a star has rise, you know. And, you know, like I say, it was a close game. Cincinnati came to play us tough, tough. And, you know, I had to pick six. It was 77 yards touchdown or something like that. And, you know, 
to this day, I go back and watch some of the some of the YouTube videos on of it, and you know, like being there and making that play is trust me, it's great. But like, I could just when I look at the YouTube, sometimes I could just close my eyes and listen to the crowd. The crowd's reaction after that interception, man, it still gives me goosebumps, man. I'm talking about that was nuts, man. So I'll have to say probably that game. That's awesome. I it's, I watched that clip today in preparation for it, and it was so loud, like so, so much, loud. so much louder than you would you would think. But I, I also with that play, I'll never forget. It was in the it was in the Enter Sandman intro the following season. I'll just never forget yeah. that either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last rapid fire before we move into letters from lunch pail. Most challenging and or fun wide receiver to defend or play against. Oh man. Oh. Uh, I would say, I would say, I would say probably Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson was tough. I mean, I, I, I didn't know back then. I didn't know they make, they make, uh, human beings like that, you know, that big, <laughs> that strong, that fast. And Calvin Johnson, he had it all, you know? Uh, but like at that, I mean, I still, to this day, I still, I still put my, our receivers as one of the toughest to you know toughest to guard man like every day of practice man they our receivers were that great they were that good Eddie Royal Justin Harper uh Josh Hyman uh Josh Morgan man we we had we had the guys you know we had the guys and like every day and that's the thing like you name I named those guys and they were they were built differently you know you had Eddie Royal they were short extremely extremely strong and fast and you had Josh, I mean, um, Justin Harper, he was a six, four guy, big body, extremely fast. Um, and Josh Hyman, he was one of those, he was one of those mid body guys, but he was so smooth. And Josh Morgan, he was just a freaking, he was just a, he was just an animal. Like, I mean, he was just six, one, you know, his weight fluctuated from anywhere from two fifteen to two thirty five. And the crazy part about it, he still always looked the same, you know. So, I mean, I would probably say, I mean, outside of Calvin Johnson, I say our our receivers that we had those times, man, like they were, they were, they were, they were definitely challenging and tough to guard, man. Every day at practice, you know, every day we had to bring our game because it was, you know, you know, our, our our position was on the line, man. You know, you had to come to practice. If you didn't, they're gonna expose you and next man up, you know. So. Yeah, I had to say, outside of Calvin Johnson, I say our receivers, man. Our receivers are special. Shout out to those guys, man. Absolute, yeah. uh, absolute legends of Virginia Tech football right there. Macho, yeah. we're going to move into letters from the lunch pail. Like Pat said earlier, these are uh, our listener-submitted questions. People who listen to the podcast, they send these in. First okay. one comes from Patrick Lawrence. Uh, he said, well, you, I think you just kind of answered this. What was your one favorite play from your – BT career was it that Cincinnati pick six? Yeah, I think that was. I, I have to say, I mean, I had, I mean, so many great memories, man. So many, so many, so many great memories. But I have to say, yeah, that that one was probably like the first. I say that one because it was like the first one, you know, the first greatest, you know, moment that started off my my you know my career at Virginia Tech. So yeah, I would say that one, and 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 it, it meant a lot to me. It was on my mother's birthday too, so you know that was that meant the world to me to, to go out there and help the team win. And yeah, I, I would say that one. So Billy Ray Mitchell has two questions here. Uh, one, 
It's been over a decade since you left Virginia Tech as a player. What are some of the lessons or habits that you took from your time as a Hokie, and how do they translate to your life now as an adult? Oh, man, just uh, just hard work and dedication, man. You know, anything you want in life, you got to – you got to be disciplined and you got to, you got to, you got to, you got to apply hard work to it, man. You can't anything, you know, as a Hokie, I feel like, you know, we were never respected. We were never gave, we never got the respect that, that we felt like we should have got. So we went out there and earned it, you know, and, you know, in life, you know, nothing, nothing is really given, you know, you got to go out there and earn everything you get. So, you know, just having that mentality, that Hokie mentality, you know, it, it got me to places where I am now. And, you know, even like, you know, just, you know, just sometimes even the unthinkable, you know, sometimes you think about the unthinkable, you'd be like, oh, no, that can't be done, you know, but like, you know, just going through Virginia Tech and the way that we did things and the way we were training, I mean, it allowed me to push through and have that mindset, you know, that, that, that strong belief in mindset and, and you know, you know, that you could accomplish anything. And that's what that's what I took with me. His second question is as Virginia Tech football goes into rebuild mode, what are some of the qualities and traits that you would like to see the football program ref- reflect? I'm sure a lot of what you just said, um, you know, is part of that foundation, but uh, anything else that you know you want uh with this new regime? Uh well, Coach Pry, he was there, he 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 he's a hokey too, as well. So I feel like I would like to see, I would like, I would, you know, I would like to see, I would like to see pretty much, I don't know. I think I would have to say the Hokie alumni, like old, some of the old guys coming back and, you know, and the, the, the program, you know, welcoming these guys and making, you know, making it a thing where, you know, we could bring, bring back that old Hokie mentality, you know, but for the most part, I mean, I, I went to a game last year and, you know, I just felt like, I just, I don't know, it, like no knock or anything like that, but I felt like it wasn't like that family, that family, that family feeling, you know? And I felt like the players weren't on the same page as well too. So I would, I would have to say, man, just the, just the family, the family vibe and, and the confidence of, man, look, you could put Goliath in front of us. We're going to, we're going to take him down, you know? And I, I, I would love to see that come back to Virginia Tech again, you know, because like I said, and, and maybe like I said, Coach Pry, he he'd been around before. So it was like, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe some more alumni or something like that start to get get you know, get connected to the program and just start moving the ball in that direction so we could get what we had, you know, and and I think that's important really. So absolutely couldn't agree more. Uh Grant Watson. Who is on your Mount Rushmore of VT's all-time best defensive backs? <laughs> and you're allowed to put yourself on there. Really? <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, I would have to say um, I'll put Torian Gray up there. Uh, he was a stud back in the day. Um, I would have to say, oh man, there's so many great DBs, man. Um, uh, who else? Uh, Whitaker was pretty good. I remember watching him, watching him when I, I think it was, I think I was a sophomore in high school. I came to a spring game and watching him, 
watching him do work. I think I can't remember, but I think like his senior year, he was he played he played banged up or whatever. So he didn't he really didn't, you know, like excel like he should have, but man, he had all the tools. So I put him up there. Um Jimmy Williams, he was a he was just a freak, man. Like <laughs> six three, six three, two twenty, man, and can run like he's five nine, one eighty. Like he changed directions so extremely well. Like it was unbelievable. Uh I would have to say Brandon Flowers. Brandon Flowers definitely he's he's probably the best technician cornerback I ever played with, you know. I played with a lot of I played with a lot of a lot of great cornerbacks too, but like him, he was just a technician. Like he was one of those guys that you can tell, like okay, this guy played cornerback when he was three years old. You know what I mean? It was like that 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 type of thing. Um, Brandon Flowers, how many was that? Four. Yeah, yeah, four. And uh, I don't know. I'm missing somebody. I don't, I don't want to put myself in there because I, I don't want to – yeah, I don't want to put myself in there. But I want to – I think uh, Ron Hosley. Gerald oh, Hosley. Yeah. Great choice. Yeah. yeah. He was – he was – he was a lot like Flowers. So I – and, like, that guy – that guy, I feel like he was uh, – me and Brandon Flowers put together. You know what I'm saying? So – Flowers, he was a great athlete too. Don't get me wrong, but he was more of a technician. Like he was sound. Like, like if you beat Flowers, that means like you, like you, like you got lucky, or you know he was off that play because, like I said, he was just tech. He was fundamentally sound. Like he was just, he didn't make no like no bad steps. No, he didn't take extra steps at all to make his cuts or anything. So he had, he was a technician, and like me, I was I was just extremely athletic. And it was just one of those things where, I don't know, like, Hosley, he was two guys in one. Like, you know what I mean? He he had the techniques and he had the athleticism. And uh, scratch that. I'm, I'm putting one more guy. You can't, you can't, I can't leave out my man D'Angelo Hall. <laughs> you know, he, he's, uh, that's my, that's my, that's my brother. You know, to this day, we talk to this day. And, and he was just one of those guys that he always, you know, I, I took his advice on on you know my next step in life and he always got me in the right direction and you know I mean crazy athlete man he was just a he was just a, a freaking he was just a he was just an amazing athlete he ran like a four one something in 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 uh at Virginia Tech 40 and I mean and like I when I got recruited that there was they was comparing me to him so like you know what I'm saying like I always I always called him I remember the day before the game I played Calvin Johnson I called him to try to get some advice because I think the week before he had locked up uh, uh, Terrell Terrell Owens and in 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 the league or whatever. So I was just like, okay, he's kind of a little guy. D Hall's kind of like a little shorter guy, and then you know To he a big boy. So I, it's kind of similar matchups here. So you know, I called him. He gave me advice to go out there and play good, and I, I actually did play well against Calvin Johnson. So yeah. I'll put, yeah, definitely D-Hall up there. And, yeah, I think that would probably be my my six, I guess, if you want to call it. But, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I love these stories, man. It's incredible hearing about hearing about all these legends of uh, of DBU. And, Macho, I know yeah. we've gone over a little bit. Do you have time for two more? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. All right, awesome. 
Cool. So um, Sam Jesse says current college football rules make it so what does it say? Current college football rules make it so that knockout hard hits from the secondary are few and far between. Do you think you would have to adjust your game if you played in 2022? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, to, to a certain point, to a certain extent, for sure. I mean, because you don't want to. I feel like I don't, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to jeopardize a team. You don't want to, you know, get a penalty and, you know, that penalty, you know, like they say, inches, inches, inches is everything in the game of football. So, you know, you're giving it, you're giving the offense a 15 yard, 15 yard penalty. And that's, that can, that can hurt, especially in the big, big, big game. But I mean, for real though, man, I like, I, the type of aggression that we play with, man, the type of, confidence and just go out there just to you know like I said we were Bud Foster we were Bud Foster boys man like you know he built that he built that aggression so I I mean I would definitely have to play smarter but you know if it's if it's along the lines I'm gonna go all out so yeah last letter from the lunch pail here mod show from Ann at a Templeman cannot wait to hear the interview Macho Harris is one of my all-time favorite players Ask him how he met his wife and why he decided to stay and live in Canada. <laughs> oh man! Well, I played. I played. Well, I can start with the season. Yeah, I played in 2012 here, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and um, when I got out here, it was a lot. It's a lot like Virginia Tech, to be honest with you. Like, uh, other than other than here, it's flat. It's flatline and stuff like that. But Virginia Tech, of course, went in the mountains or whatnot. But it reminds me so much of Virginia Tech, man. Even the even the fans here, like the uh, Canadian Football League, like certain certain cities, certain teams have like a, a, a great fan base. And, you know, the Riders, they definitely have one of those fan bases just like Virginia Tech, you know, where, you know, you come to this place, you better bring your A game because even if we flat, our, fr- our fans going to pick us up. And then eventually we're gonna gain momentum and we're gonna and we're gonna take over, you know. So it was one of those things, you know. And um, I don't know. I met my I met my wife back in 2012 during the season, and um, she was just one of those girls, man. She was she played hockey, she played hockey for uh, for Mercyhurst back in school and Robert Morris and um, down in the states. So she's very athletic, and she also played running back for the LFL football team here when they had it here a few years back. Um, so she was one of those girls, man. She was, like I said, she was cool, beautiful. Um, she, she understand, she understood where, what I was going through at the time and stuff like that. So, cause you know, being an athlete, you know, she could relate. So she was definitely there for me and she, she helped me change a lot of ways, man. She helped me grow as a man, you know, to understand, you know, the, the important things in life because, you know. I mean, a lot of people know, man, when I was back in my day, man, I used to just have fun. I used to just, you know, and just enjoy it, just enjoy the moment, live, live, you know, live for the moment. But, you know, meeting her, she kind of slowed me down. And like I said, her family, they they pretty much just showed me like, you know, the, the true meaning of love, you know, and I can't take that from her, you know, and and, you know, just meeting a girl like that, that, that can change my life for the better. I just felt like, hey, man, this is this is the place where I need to be, you know, and, you know, she wasn't going to move to the state. So I had to stay here. So, you know, I, I end up, I end up staying here, you know, we got a house, we got a, 
we got two beautiful daughters. Um, you know, we, life is just good. She's a stay-at-home mom, so life is just good. We can't even, we can't complain. And, you know, the decision I made, I'm just blessed and thankful. So, you know, there's no regrets in that, in that, in that decision. Talk to us about your winter coat collection. Uh, what are we working with? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Well, see, I was born in New York, man. I was born in New York City. And, uh, you know, New York, New York guys, they always, they stay with these North Face coats. You know, the North Face, North Face, North Face. So, you know, when I got out here, man, I really understood why, you know, people need to wear coats like that, man. So I got a big, like a big Eskimo coat. North Face coat with the fur around the <laughs> fur around the hoodie. Oh man, yeah, I got I got that man. I got all types of I got all types of coats for the winter, man. If I want to dress up, dress up nice. I got a nice warm pea coat for that. Oh man, it's just yeah. The winters out here is just it's it's crazy, crazy out here, man. It could get it could get so cold, man, but still beautiful at the same time. Like you know, Saskatchewan is. I think if I'm not mistaken, I think this is one of the places where it has the most sunlight. Uh, in a year than any other place in the world, something like that, something crazy like that. So even though it'd be cold, man, it, it's still beautiful days. And I mean, you know, I'm not a, I don't mind the cold. Like even guys know back in the back of Virginia Tech, man, like those cold games, man, I used to wear no sleeves, you know, like that Duke <laughs> game was probably, that Duke game back in, what was it? Oh, 08, 08. 08. Yeah. It, that's arguably one of the coldest games, you know, uh, that that we ever played in, you know, and I played with a, I played without no shirt out, well, no, no long sleeve at all, you know, so it was just one of those things where, you know, I felt, I felt, you know, feeling good in the cold and I love the cold and I definitely love the snow. So, you know, just getting up in the morning, sometimes watching the snow, like see the snow on the ground and the sunlight, oh man, it just, it just lifts your day up, you know? So, I mean, I just felt like this place was for me, you know, and I mean, like I said, we get cold winters, but I mean, I, I could I could I could fight through with the Hulk mentality. <laughs> <laughs> You've walked across the drill field enough times, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even that, even that, man, even that, the drill field, man, when it's cold out there, man, it feels like it feels like a bunch of knives just slicing through you, man. Nothing you put on walking through the drill field, man, is gonna is gonna make you make you warm or comfortable. You it like if you gotta cross that field, you know it's a mindset. You got okay, <laughs> I'm gonna be cold for this. I'm going to be cold for this little bit, man, but I got to get to this building. I got to get to this building as fast as I can. So, yeah, what is what is called McBride, right? Bride, baby? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, Hokey, Hokey, just the whole Hokey experience, man, it it, it built me and it formed me to the, to, the, to the person I am today is where I could, you know, just deal with certain things in life here. So I'm, I'm forever grateful, man, forever grateful. No oh, man, ladies and gentlemen, Macho Harris. This has been a ton of fun. Hopefully, we can uh, we can do this on campus. We can uh, we can link up. Are you going to any games this fall? Are you thinking of making it back? Yeah, yeah, I'm pl- yeah. I'm planning for sure. I'm planning this year. I went, like I said, I went last year for the uh, for the Hall of Fame uh, game and whatnot. And um, I'm planning. Yeah, I'm planning to come back this year for sure, man. I want to catch at least two games, especially my cousin playing out there this year. Uh, I already told my wife it was a lot of that COVID stuff last year, man. It was it was tough, man. Just trying to, trying to get, get things organized, you know, being vaccinated and all this stuff. It was just a lot of regulations. So it was tough just to get the family out there, but, and I wanted to keep my family safe too, as well. So this year things, things are looking a little bit different this year. So I'm definitely going, I'm going to definitely try to make it back twice, you know, especially to bring my family down there so they could just see, so they could just see what, 
what it's like to be a Hokie, man. You know, because I wouldn't mind my daughters growing up and going to Virginia Tech because, you know, I just – I had a great time, man. I had a great time at Virginia Tech. The people there was great, man. It was just, it was just a, it was a dream come true, you know, going to campus like that. So yeah, I'll, I'll be back, man. So yeah, we're planning for sure, man. When I when I come back, we'll we'll have a sit down, have a sit down podcast, and you know, interview and just talk, chop it up, and we get more in the depth of certain things for sure. Absolutely, man. Machu, thank you so much. Also, congratulations on the Hall of Fame. And uh, Pat, you got anything else, man? That's it, man. Masha, appreciate it, and uh, we'll chat soon. Yeah, appreciate it, boys, man. Thank you for having me on, man. It was fun. Absolutely. Thanks, Masha. Go Hokies. All right, take care, y'all. Time to wander, tripping in the sand We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand But I saw you dance like you want to in my head And all she said is Oh, I know it's what you're thinking Please don't go to second Trash your friend's place Wake up the next day to you and say